0: Good morning. I am honored to be able to read the gospel lesson to you this morning. This lesson is uh, in John chapter 14, verses 1 through 6. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, Would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may also be. And you know the way to where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. This is the Word of God.
1: As we come and come under this word from Jesus today, uh, I want to invite you to consider this question where? Where do you draw the line? It's a big question and, you know, it requires, well, what topic, right? When we hear words like inclusive or exclusive, they become hot-button words in our culture today. Battle lines are drawn. Jesus reveals to us in his word today is both truth and grace. Jesus here is both exclusive and inclusive. In what many call the farewell discourse or the farewell narrative, in what now is just really only a collection of hours in many ways. Before he will find himself before Pilate and then to the cross. Jesus sits with his disciples and gives a testimony to give them hope. And as he gets on the figurative witness stand for us, as we examine this person of interest, Jesus, he also gives us hope with his exclusive word as the only way to life and salvation. And with his inclusive word in his father's house, there are many rooms for you who believe. Now this farewell narrative comes after Jesus Jesus has sent off Judas to betray him. And in just a matter of a several verses, the verse before our reading and verses after, we get three questions from three different disciples. Well, one of them is more of a request. The first comes from the Apostle Peter in chapter 13, verse 36, where he says, Lord, where are you going? And when Jesus begins to ex that answer in our text today we have Thomas who says Lord we we don't know where you're going and then following our reading today later in chapter 14 Philip will say Lord just show us the father and that will be enough and so in the midst of these three questions Jesus, I think, does four things. He comes to us. He comes to his disciples then. He comes to his disciples now with comfort. And then he confirms who he is. And then he confronts his disciples, us included, who still don't get it. And then he calls. He calls his disciples. He calls us to himself and calls us and his disciples to a mission. And so he comforts us. He confirms who he is. He confronts us and he calls us. Let's begin where Jesus does with this word of comfort. He says, let your hearts not be troubled. Now, a phrase like that, you might think, oh, uh, it might sound quickly read as a, a, a quip answer. For example, when I lived in Texas, I was reminded this week that when someone says, bless your heart, they're not really giving you a blessing, All right. but Jesus here when he says let your hearts not be troubled is neither trite nor quick it is instead profound and powerful for he says let your hearts not be troubled believe in God believe also in me and he addresses there and are real questions and concerns with comfort and hope. And he backs up what he's saying in light of the signs he has just completed as if to offer evidence to his testimony. Martin Luther, when preaching through this text, he had just come Home to Wittenberg after an illness. It was March 14, 1537. And as best as we can tell, he had begun his work on a sermon series through the chapters of the Gospel of John that he would preach from then and until June throughout that season. And he rarely commented on his own sermons uh, in terms of their quality. But in considering these words of the Gospel of John and what he preached about them and a scribe, transcribed them into what would become basic commentaries on the text, he said he was pleasantly... uh, well even proud of these sermons grateful for what god was speaking to us through them and what he notes about this verse here in chapter 14 verse 1 is to see how god places such a heartily and faithful look at his dear disciples jesus heart is revealed here for his disciples For us, for you, for me. Here we see Jesus who tells us he is the light. He is the gate. He is the good shepherd. He is the bread of life. And he lets us know that he is the way to that life. We hear his heart for us pours it out for his disciples who are afraid. And he confirms it now. He confirms it by telling us that he and the Father are one. When you see Jesus, you see God. And all of uh, the Gospel of John throughout connects right back to that very first chapter. Chapter. To show us how all of these dots come together how do we meet God we see Jesus where do we meet God well we find out in chapter 1 that Jesus is the word that dwells among us using that word tabernacled pointing back to the meeting place for God in the Old Testament he's letting us know he now is that meeting place And when he says that he is the way, the truth, and the life, in terms of a Jewish background, the Jews of his day would have understood the way and the truth to be the Torah. And so Jesus is, in no small matter, letting us know he is the word. He is the Torah. And so when you see Jesus, you see God. You see His Word. Jesus is the Word. Jesus is the tabernacle. And here, as Luther will point out, you see clearly that Christ testifies about who He is and that He is equal to God Almighty. And if you keep reading and get to verse 10, he'll say, And if you don't believe my words, then remember my works. Pointing back to all that he has just done. And so he confirms in this great statement of being the way, the truth, and the life, that he is the Messiah. He is God Almighty he and the Father are one. And we're confronted by that. We're confronted by that reality. We can't ignore it. Thank God for the disciples who ask questions here. One professor said to a future. Pastor, that if you were there with him and one of the disciples, you would have thought it was weird too. We have the benefit of of looking back. They were walking through it and had questions and thank God they did. As Jesus confronts Peter, he lets him know that Peter will not be able to, to go where he will go in fact predicts Peter's own denial as uh, Peter's question gets answered in these words of comfort and in these words of truth then Thomas says but wait 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 we we actually don't know where you're going and Jesus confronts Thomas and says Thomas you know because he is the word he is the tabernacle He is the way. And Philip, even after hearing all this, still didn't understand, couldn't quite comprehend that Jesus and the Father are one. And you almost get a sense if you keep reading uh, later in the chapter that Jesus is exasperated with this third question when he says, Philip, you've been with me this whole time. Do you not see He does all this for those who don't get it. He shares patiently and lovingly and faithfully for those who don't get it. Sometimes you and I are among them, right? And He speaks this word to them and to us. There are only a thousand different ways we don't get it sometimes, right? We might say, uh, as Luther will point out, Oh, if only I had lived differently uh, to, to live the life that God uh, would want me to live with austerity, as soon as we say that, we've missed it again already, for he is the way. It's his word that completes this promise. He confronts us. He confronts us with this truth that we can't just simply believe that Jesus was a good teacher, as C.S. Lewis is well known for pointing out. For he clearly confronts us with the truth today that he is the one true God. As David Schmidt will write, for these disciples there is comfort in the details. Faced with the problematic future, they want more than promise. They want time and place. They would like a clear set of directions. They wish maybe that they would have what we have today with a, a device telling us when to turn left or when to turn right or when to keep going straight but they don't get that instead they get a promise a promise of his presence and that's what we get we get the promise of his presence and so later in the chapter when he says that we can bring anything to him in prayer and he will answer it it's a promise to be in his will To seek his will and truth and grace. That Jesus is for those who don't get it. And the navigation that he leads us on is to himself. Where do we meet God? The tabernacle. Who is the tabernacle? Jesus himself. He is the word. When we see Jesus, we see God. And so he calls us. He calls us here to believe. In this farewell narrative, you know, when folks are sharing their final words, their words not to be missed, usually carefully crafted and chosen for a reason. Jesus doesn't want us to miss that he is the way, the truth, and the life. Luther will point out, somewhat like we've been trying to do throughout this examination of these I am statements, that you want to investigate his words to make sure that you are on the right road and to stay on it. And this road that God calls us to is a road where he invites us exclusively, yes, one way but inclusively for all those who would believe anyone can come. And for in his father's house, he tells us there are many rooms. And that as we heard from our good shepherd, we will dwell in his house forever. Or as my wife put it, we get to live in the father's house What a beautiful invitation. What a beautiful full circle back to Eden where he created a home for us and now it has been restored in his very house. It's an exclusive way. Jesus only. It is inclusive for all who believe for he is for you. This person of interest, Jesus, is comforting. He's confirming who he is. He is confronting us with truth and grace. And he is calling us. He's calling us to himself. And he's calling us on mission. As he'll say later in the chapter, to do greater things. And what are those greater things? To baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. To make disciples. We get to participate on his mission. And so this person of interest, this Jesus, when you meet him, you see God. For Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through him. Amen.